We know that in March, March 22nd, 100% probability at another 25 basis point rate hike. That marks roughly the end of Q1. So this is where you're going to start to hear the conversations of like, whoa, whoa, the Fed's starting to do too much. Because so far, for the last several months, everything the Fed has done has been celebrated. In December, they dropped it down from 75 basis points down to 50 basis points. That was celebrated. People saw that as a positive. Then in February, they dropped it from 50 basis points to 25 basis points. That was celebrated. This is the first one they're going to be like, yo, the Fed's starting to do too much. And then in May, when they come out, if, if they do come out and they do what Neil Kashkari says he's going to do, raise it in another 25 basis points. That's when you're going to start to see people really freak out. I think that's when the market starts to freak out. I think that's when you're going to start to see that dip. And that goes right in hand with what we said in Q2 of 2023. Shit's going to start getting real. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Higher Standard Podcast, where we give you ultra premium, unfiltered truth when it comes to building your wealth and curating the lifestyle of your dreams. No games, no drama, and no shenanigans. I am your host, Chris Nahibi, and I'm here to help you distill the immense amount of information and disinformation out there on the interwebs and give you the opportunity to choose a higher standard for yourself. There are no gurus here, and no one gives a damn about how wealthy you look. I'm an attorney and a banker, amongst other things. Does that mean you should listen to me? Hell no. This is just full disclosure that while we talk about money, wealth, law, investing, and a lot of related topics, you should always speak to your own advisors for an opinion tailored to your unique investment perspective. I am obligated to tell you that nothing contained in this show is in fact legal or investment advice and is being provided solely for entertainment purposes. So sit back, Relax your mind and get ready for a different kind of podcast where we elevate your baseline in crispy, high-resolution audio. This isn't a different standard. It's the higher standard. Hello, everyone. I am the assistant to the chief economist Why? of the higher standard Why podcast. Why are you doing this? <laughs> and Giggles over there, that's, that's the chief economist. Hello, everybody. This week, we're going to be talking about Bloomberg's interest rate probability, specifically the world interest rate probability. If you have access to a Bloomberg terminal, it's W-I-R-P is the code. We'll get into some comments by Neil Kashkari and his thoughts on the Fed making not enough progress. Then uh, our friend Bobby Iger, he, uh, he may have done some interesting things at Disney that we should talk about. Uh, he's going to save some $5.5 billion. This, of course... Uh, is also kind of a prelude to what Zoom did, laying off 1,300 employees. Uh, Yahoo laid off more than 20% of their staff. And just to round out the negative with something positive, we're going to talk about the housing market, where the same economist who predicted the 2008 housing crisis and the crash says there's another drop coming. Mm -hmm. Roughly around the same percentage that some other people said. And then just, just, to, just to, you know, fall back on some nice cuddly thoughts, think <laughs> like dogs, golden retrievers, and kittens all cuddling under a warm sun. We're going to talk about how home prices are falling, but that does not mean they're affordable. Amen to that. Amen to that. That was very fake. Well, I mean, the I'm way you read, the way you read all of that has been very fake. Do you think that? Do you think the the listeners have caught on that we've now started a new method? Well, shit, now they did because you're talking about like, damn, say, what's we're, wrong with you today? We're trying to provide value. You don't get pizza before the shows anymore. Oh, you ordered. You don't, don't put this I on did. me. You're I, fatty. No, I did order. You're fatty. It, I'm just saying like you, you, your, your mood right now is not your A game. My, my A game is this, ready. This is like your B plus game. No, no, no. 
It's supposed to be let's the go on, let's, let's go into the probability. Oh, I would if our intern actually showed on the screen. So for those of you who don't have access to a Bloomberg terminal, basically Bloomberg is a subscription-based service. A lot of the wealth advisory firms have access to them. Certainly a lot of banks do too. But basically you can go to it at any point in time and tap into Bloomberg's data. I'm making a, a much more complicated thing sound very simple. It's also very expensive. Right. One of the things that I look at consistently, in addition to the news on the Bloomberg terminals, is the world interest rate probability. They haven't missed. You type WIRP, enter, and it comes up and brings up the, the probability. So the 322-2023 Fed meeting mm-hmm. has a 104.3% probability of a hike or cut. In this case, because it's positive, it's a hike. And each 100% really means 25 basis points. Yes. So Bloomberg is essentially saying that on 3-22-23, the next Fed meeting will announce a 25 basis point increase, and that's the probability, 104 point, you know, whatever percent. If you got 200%, that'd be a 50 basis point hike, and so right. on and so forth. Right. This close to a, a meeting, mm-hmm. they have not missed. Right. In the last which is still, meetings. Which is, I mean, relatively speaking, being that there are two inflation CPI prints that are remaining before this. There could be a curve. There, there, there absolutely could be a curve. But that, but that should be very telling that even with two prints still remaining, they're still predicting you know, 100% chance at a 25 basis point rate hike. Yeah, and the Fed has been very, very clear. So that jobs report that came out, that mm. 500-something thousand jobs, everybody thought was supposed to be about 100-something thousand. Yes, yeah, they it, I, the estimate was 188,000 and 517,000. Yeah, yeah, it really threw a, a huge wrench in the works because the rhetoric from the Fed since then has been extremely hawkish. You've got the Fed secretary coming out saying, hey, guys, look, mm-hmm. he said, he's done everything short to say, look, I am raising 25 basis points. I know. The next time we meet. But he's basically said, we're going to keep doing this. We're not afraid of raising too much. We're afraid of raising too little. He's gone above and beyond to express this. But the scary thing about this chart is not that. Okay. That was just a proxy for what I'm worried about. What I'm worried about is if you look at the chart on 5-3-2023. The, the second meeting from now. The second meeting from now because there's not one in April. Mm-hmm. There is a 75.3% probability of a Fed interest rate increase on that meeting. Right. And this goes right into what our boy, Fed President of Minneapolis, Neil Kashkari says. But hold on. I want to get there first. I want to, mm-hmm. I want to, I want to unpack this a little bit before you you never want to get into the foreplay with me you always want to go straight to it <laughs> i want to get like, right let, to let it let yeah. me tease the, the sexiness just of take what it we're off. talking about i want just to take just, it off no okay <laughs> get there half the fun is the anticipation okay, okay? let's go so i want to get into this so uh, you're almost at 100 percent, which means essentially a lock for may mm-hmm. and this is a huge pivot that people are really not understanding and appreciating because we had forecasted on the show that we thought there was going to be a five percent fed ter- terminal rate we did the Fed was going to increase their, their Fed funds borrowing rate to about 5%. And that's what they were going to, in theory, stop. Right. Which would be the next rate hike. Exactly. The one that came up in March. Right. Which would take your 4.75% target to 5%. Right. But now the consensus is starting to grow. It's certainly not the, the majority consensus at this point in time. But there's certainly a lot of people out there that feel that that number is going to be 6%. Six percent. Six percent is the growing kind of theory. Wow. It's not consensus yet. It's not the majority well, opinion. The Fed, the Fed has only come out. Certainly, May is very close to a hundred percent probability. The Fed, the Fed has come out, and they've been very forthcoming. They're not making you read any tea leaves or reading between the lines. They've come out and said 
look, expect 5.1 to 5.4%, mm-hmm. right? So I think they've been very forthcoming. So with that, that would mean not only would there be a March interest rate hike, not only would there be a May interest rate hike, mm-hmm. but there would also be a June interest rate hike. So I want to put this this out there now. According to Bloomberg, and Bloomberg is not good the farther out you go, but according to Bloomberg, you got 104.3% probability of interest rate hike at the meeting on 322-2023. In May, it's 75.3%. It actually has some volatility to the day. It's as high as 80% today and a little bit lower. In June, June 14th, 2023, it's already at plus 45.1%. It's about halfway to a lock. Right. Right? In On July, it's plus... 3.6%. You could effectively consider that to be holding rates, right? Right. In it was so September 920, it's negative 23. It's still not 100% negative, which means it's still not truly a 25 basis point rate cut. And you have the next several meetings going all the way to 131 2024. It's negative 40%, negative 62%, and negative 83.1%. It's not even 100% there'll be a rate cut in January of 2024, right? Because the Fed has said we are going to hold rates through 2023, right? And, and the probabilities are indicative of that right now. Exactly. And they've come out and they said, "Look, they're data driven. They're going to wait to see what the data says, mm-hmm. right?" So Bloomberg can only go so far out because obviously they can't predict what the data is going to come out with. I mean, shit, nobody predicted the five hundred seventeen thousand dollar job report that came out. Right, five hundred seventeen thousand dollars job. Report. Sorry, five hundred seventeen thousand jobs. And that's for you saying that I don't listen to you on the show. Yeah, you I do, do listen. listen to you. you do okay, listen. Good job. I just like to ignore you strategically. There's <laughs> yeah, a difference. You do. Okay, you do. right. And right now I'm focused, so, hyper focused. So Neil Kashkari, the the Minneapolis Fed president. Okay, again, a guy who participates in these meetings has a vote. Has a vote. Right. This man's opinion is not, first of all, sexy looking bald dude. He's a good-looking guy. I'm not saying that because he's Iranian. He's stuck. Oh, he's Iranian? <laughs> yeah. Kashkari, uh, bro. Come on now. Okay. I mean, dang. Um, but yeah, you wouldn't I don't tell see, it. I don't, look, I don't see like, color, bro. He kind of looks like Spock. Yeah. But that being said, yeah, this is a guy in the room, and his opinion should carry weight, particularly given the fact that he's been very outspoken, mm. just like Jerome Powell. He gets a lot of media coverage every time he speaks. Right. And from CNBC, what does he say, Saeed? He came out and he said that explosive job report was enough evidence to show that nothing has been done yet. We haven't seen the effects yet. And he's a big proponent of getting to that 5.4. A proponent? A proponent of getting yeah, to that. Yeah, enunciate, baby. Give it to me. Getting to that 5.4% terminal rate. So well, whenever I'm a proponent, I like to popo my net. <laughs> I'm not letting it go. And they mentioned, <laughs> they, mentioned, they mentioned we still have two open jobs for every person who's unemployed. Yep. Right? And that five hundred seventeen thousand dollars. Jesus Christ! That five hundred seventeen thousand jobs that were added. I'm in your head now. You are. I'm there. Yeah, I am your conscious. The five hundred seventeen thousand jobs that were added was the strongest growth for the first month of the year since 1946. Yeah, yeah. So, so I don't think you read the second bullet point here, but I think it's important. Kashkari's indication that the Fed funds rate needs to rise to five point four percent. Mm-hmm. puts him in a more aggressive slot compared to his fellow policymakers. Now, again, this is not as aggressive as saying the Fed terminal rate will be 6%, but he's certainly saying that if you have an increase in May, right. which takes you to 5.25, you will likely need another increase after that. Right. And I think I think it's worth noting that, so we know that in March, March 22nd, the 100% probability at another 25 basis point rate hike. Okay. Mm-hmm. That marks roughly the end of Q1. 
Okay. So this is where you're going to start to hear the conversations of like, whoa, whoa, the Fed's starting to do too much. Because so far, for the last several months, everything the Fed has done has been celebrated, right? In, in December, they dropped it down from 75 basis points down to 50 basis points. That was celebrated. People saw that as a positive, right? Yep. Then in February, they dropped it from 50 basis points to 25 basis points. That was celebrated. So watch. In March, this is the first one they're going to be like, yo, the Fed's starting to do too much, okay? And then in May, when they come out, and if they do come out and they do what Neil Kashkari says he's going to do, raise it in another 25 basis points, that's when you're going to start to see people really freak out. I, I think that's when the market starts to freak out. I think that's when you're going to start to see that dip. And that goes right in hand with what we said in Q2 of 2023. Shit's going to start getting real. Yeah, well, and then... We also called too, and I don't, I don't mean to make light of this, and we're going to talk more about it later, but we, we did call specifically that Q1 and Q2 was going to be really, really, really bad for layoffs. Yep. And with the stress that companies were having, the impact to earnings, the market interpretation, and we're really, really starting to see that. In, in a way, I didn't think, I mean, I knew it was going to be bad, but some of these, some of these headlines, which we read to you in the, in the outset, and we'll talk, talk about, obviously, they're really, really scary numbers. Mm -hmm. And yet, even with those numbers being as scary, the jobs numbers came in super, super strong. There's a material disconnect in the market. And just for a refresher for everybody else out there, when the, the previous jobs numbers came out before this last report, everyone's saying the unemployment number was actually low because it reflected things like part-time employment and holiday seasonal jobs and right. stuff like that. Right. And then the next one, which took our unemployment rate to 3.4% down, not up, right. was a complete out of nowhere shock because all the excuses we made for the 3.5% unemployment weren't material, I guess. Right, right exactly. And, and you got to think, okay, so the Fed has a role in all of this and they feel like what they have at their disposal should have impact. And to make record-setting rate hikes, to do all that they've done so far, and for there not to be an impact just yet, that should shake everyone up and be like, well, there's a real problem here. If the Fed can move that quickly and things aren't changing and happening, there's a real problem. Again, and I go back to some of the things we said on the earliest shows that we have, and you should go back and listen to all of them because they're spectacular. Every single last one of them. Particularly the ones that don't include Saeed. Mm -hmm. Just brilliant. I mean, right? The numbers don't show that, but I mean. the, oh, the numbers. The numbers. Obviously, people don't respect numbers. Look at the 517,000 jobs. <laughs> I mean, clearly, clearly, it's a mistake. Uh, but what we'll say is we, we were calling a lot of this early, early, early on, but 14 years of artificial interest rate deflation. What do you expect? You're yeah. not going to have this unprecedented period uh, of economic prosperity followed by an unprecedented period uh, in a pandemic, followed by an unprecedented stimulus, followed by an unprecedented series of interest rate hikes, and expect there to be normal, rational logic in the markets. Mm -hmm. The thing that pisses me off to no end is this fucking optimism that I keep hearing, where everyone's like, this is the end, we're decelerating the interest just, just a couple of weeks ago, people were literally fucking celebrating that, oh, the Fed is slowing down. Interest rate hikes are 25 basis points now, 25 basis points now. It's, it's a deceleration, it's a deceleration, it's a good thing. What's they're not even done increasing. Yet. Yeah, exactly. I don't understand. I get I get that people want to hear positive things yeah. and they want a positive spin, but that's not that's not what's going on. What's intern pulling up here? He said Neil Kashkari is from Indian descent, not Persian. Mm. Well, you know, I'm wrong. sorry, his name is ethnically confusing. Yeah, you said, you, said, change you said Kashkari, bro. Kashkari, like, bro. Don't, don't do this. Yeah. You can't just shrug your shoulders. His spouse don't is take Christ that away from Christine him. Ong, and he's divorced. 
And he's, well, oh, I didn't know that. It's just right there on the Wikipedia page. Oh, you got you to believe that. President George W. Bush and Barack Obama. Mm. Yeah. Well, he was in office as the administrator, well, well, he's assistant secretary to the Treasury. Dude, born in Akron, Ohio. So who do you think is bigger, him or LeBron? I think LeBron might be your guy. Might be. <laughs> I don't I'm, know. I'm going to go out on a limb there and say Neil Kishkari might not be the most scoring player in NBA history. But is that the is that the proper way of saying it? I don't know. I don't watch yeah. sports anymore, man. It's very, it's very <laughs> you weird. Just for forgot me. how to say it. I, I, dude, I saw the all time leading scorer in the NBA history. Yeah. <laughs> True story. We were we before the show tonight. We were waiting for uh, some people to get here, and and we were watching a basketball game. It was Lakers and who was that? The Bucks, Bucks right? Yeah. And there was some there were some new rules. I'm like, wait, what? They get the challenge calls now? Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> I'm like, why aren't this suit? Why are these coaches wearing suits? What the fuck is going on? Yeah, a lot has changed since you last watched it's the basketball very game. Very different now. I'm like, yeah. this is very casual. I know. The only person in the suit was LeBron, who was not playing. Who was not playing. It's who, very confusing. Who, by the way, so I found out before the game, somebody told me that everyone had anticipated that tonight's game was the game that he was gonna break the record. Because he had a job like 38 last game or 36 or something. 36, right? yeah. yes, right? And they didn't even care about winning or losing that game. They just kept feeding him the ball. It was crazy. But yeah, that's that's my point. So yeah. they set they set him up. That right? one, that one, yeah. But so let's not hold on. Don't take anything away from his greatness. I'm sorry. They set him up. Oh, Mr. Do no foreplay. I don't want to talk about anything. This is get straight to the articles. Don't, don't do this. You want the show to be two minutes because you want to just bump the articles? <laughs> hey man, maybe retention. I need maybe more retention than that to maybe get retention would be okay? much better. <laughs> I'm not satisfied with less than that. All right. <laughs> so basically. Some people had paid $24,000 for courtside tickets, okay? Oh, God. $24,000. Now I get it. If you're paying $24,000 for courtside tickets, like, maybe maybe this doesn't mean as much to you as it, it does to me. But they paid $24,000. reverse flex on me, bro. That's rude. You, yeah, you, Don't do that. Yeah, you, you, Don't do that. Yeah, like people who take PJs, those type of people, you Don't, know. First of all, the jammies now. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the or if you're invited involved. to some like lounge that if you have a specific type of card, that's I mean, those type of people. There were so many better shots you could have taken. Yeah. Like you said your MX is fifty four thousand dollars a month. That's only half your MX. I didn't want to bring that I didn't want to bring that back up. Because it's too real. Uh, yeah. You know, I feel like, yeah, that's painful. a yeah, that's yeah. too much of a dagger. It's too soon. Too soon. Yeah. But some people paid twenty four thousand dollars for courtside tickets, thinking LeBron was gonna for break, one ticket. For one ticket. Thinking he was gonna break the record for tonight's game. Not only did he break the record the game before, LeBron sat out. He didn't even play. His foot got an owie. <laughs> <laughs> he had an owie on his foot. Can you foot. imagine? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, man. Like, it is what it is. Someone, I, so I went and got my testosterone shot today. Yeah. I almost forgot. It was like 5.30. They closed at 6. I darted over there. I got my shot. And all the guys that were in there, these are all dudes who are on testosterone. Some of them which are just fat as hell, and it's still ironic, but what I mean, including me. Right. Right. And everyone's in there like, oh, what are you doing this weekend? Blah, blah, blah. And they're all talking about like, oh, we're gonna do this on Sunday. I'm like, why is everybody talking about Sunday? Oh. I had no idea. No clue. And I get in there and, and like the guy is giving me the shots, like, hey man, you don't watch football, huh? And I'm like, no, why was he asking me that? He's like, ah, oh, no, no, no reason. And um, he's like, what are you doing this weekend? I'm like, ah, oh, taking my kid to Disneyland on Sunday, Sunday, I'm just gonna hang out, whatever. He's like, You're not gonna watch Super Bowl? I'm like, oh shit, no. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't watch I don't watch sports anymore. I'm not watch commercials. Yeah, I'll be honest, I don't really care for the Super Bowl either. It's just I don't nah. Yeah. Not my thing. NBA All Star game though. I used to. I haven't watched NBA All Star game in a long time. I don't. Really it's not sports. worth watching. Yeah, I don't really watch sports. It's not worth watching. You know who? You know who? I guarantee you doesn't watch sports anymore. Neil Kashkari. Uh, Bob Iger, man. Bob Iger. Uh, he with... has to. No, he has to watch sports. He's got to deal with ESPN. Don't they own ESPN? They do. They're restructuring based on ESPN. Let me ask you a question. You work at a bank, right? <laughs> yes, I guess technically speaking. I mean, how interested are you in like? Watching movies about banking. A lot. Stop it. All of them. 
No. I mean, you ever watched The Big Short? Of course. Got <laughs> the question. Yeah, because the cast. I never saw it. You're lying. Never saw the whole thing. Really? Yeah. It was a great movie. Was it? Editing yeah, it was, was good. Movie. Editing was really good. Want to know why? What? Because I ain't got time to watch what I do in the, every day. <laughs> I, I live this life. <laughs> I live this I life. I knew half the people going to watch. you're going to watch that Air Jordan movie come out. Oh, you're goddamn right I am. That, man. Let me tell you right now. Matt Damon. I am not Michael Jordan. Ben Affleck. Viola Davis. I cast is hard as hell. Hard as hell. Whoever cast this was like, I won. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I won. Exactly. Like, this movie's good. Yeah, I don't care what y'all say. Give me the Oscar now. Just go smile on camera. Yeah, if you haven't done yourself a favor, go ahead and watch the trailer to that movie. Yeah, it came out today, and I was like, oh, the internet's over for today. <laughs> Put your phone down. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not going to get any better than that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, good. Bobby Iger outlines a new Disney org structure with 7,000 job cuts planned. This from The Hollywood Reporter, which we mm. like to go to for all of our financial literacy needs. <laughs> the Hollywood Reporter. <laughs> the film and TV and streaming business will fall into Disney Entertainment led by Alan Bergman and Dana Walden. Mm. I don't know if Dana is a guy or a girl. It's such a very confusing name. Mm. It goes both yeah, ways. It goes both ways. Yeah. With ESPN like forming its own division in the company. Mm-hmm. So, long story short, this will save the company about five point five billion dollars, and yeah, they're cutting costs by five point five billion, right? Yeah, so I, saw, I read that. Yeah, and this this restructure is a huge part of it, and I I think that a lot of people thought, like, oh my god, it's Disney in trouble. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Oh, Dana is a woman, or that's just a picture of a woman that came up with uh, the name. But yeah, woman. Yep, that's there, her. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Co chairman of Disney Entertainment, Disney Entertainment. Walt Disney Company. Yeah, All woman. so hard. Yeah, she's she's not hurting for a dollar. No. In any event. This restructure right now, I think, was confusing for a lot of people. But if you're a CEO and you come back in, even if you left and came back. Yes. And Bob Chappick clearly did some things wrong, upset a lot of people. But he changed Bob Iger's structure, at least in some way, shape, or form. Yes, he did. But even if he didn't, and you're walking back into a company at this point in time, and you're thinking the way we've been trying to teach people to think, right? Mm-hmm. If the Fed, the cost of funds go up, and yep. companies have stress in their earnings, Consumer discretionary spending pulls back. People stop going to movies the same way. In this case, Bob Chappick also probably ran some of your franchises into the ground a little bit by putting out some shit content or not doing things you know, the same way that you would. And maybe mm-hmm. you suffered a little bit there. If you walk in as a new CEO, you can do this and no one's going to ding your stock price. Right. He's doing the right thing for the shareholder. Exactly. Especially in a climate like right now where so many other companies are laying people off. This is the right thing to do. If anything, his stock price will probably get a bump as analysts from Wall Street say, oh my God, Bob Iger's back. And guess what? He's right-sizing the company to weather the storm and to be more efficient to return more profits to the shareholders. I hate and that he, term too, right-sizing. Right-size, baby. Yeah, that's just a The only right-size is huge. Positive spin on downsizing. Huge is always the right size. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly, yeah. I shouldn't tell the story, but I'm going to do it anyway. This is totally inappropate, but. I mean, right for the show. I was driving to to lunch today. Okay. Right? I was going to go meet Bobby. Okay. And I had Hugo in the car with me, but my wife Not called. to be confused with Bob Iger. Not, not to be confused with Bob Iger, yeah. I mean, I was going to meet Bob Iger for lunch. Yeah, I can't even say it So I'm going to meet Bobby, right? And we're in the car, and my wife calls me. She had an OBGYN, uh, OBGYN appointment, right? Yeah. And I wanted to hear the update because my wife's been struggling with some stuff here and there. No big deal. I mean, she's fine, healthy, but, you know, girl stuff. But I had Hugo in the car. So I told Hugo, I said, shut up, you're not here. <laughs> That's the worst. <laughs> right? Oh, no. And I'm like, you okay? She's like, yeah, I need to try different birth control. But, you know, I think we'll get everything under control, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, you know, but we're having some issues here and there. And, you know, like, you know, you're married. So it's like, she, we are having issues. So, of course, I did the responsible thing. And I'm like, you tell her that your husband was well in doubt. 
And my wife, without hesitation, laughs her ass off. Yeah. Because it's because obviously it's not, it's, true. It's not true, yeah. right? Yeah. Exactly. And Hugo in the car is laughing his ass off because he knows that it's not true clearly, yeah, right? Yeah. Right. And I'm like, so I make another joke about it. I'm like, okay, well, I mean, I know, honey, but you, you tell him that there, there's been that other things in there besides tools recently. Right. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and, and my wife laughs again. And we're like, honey, stop. <laughs> Let's be serious. Yeah, yeah. Right? And it's just, yeah, so I, I'm pretty sure that Hugo's very confident that I'm very average. Yeah, you're very, when it, yeah, when it, exactly. Yeah, when it comes to stuff like that. So, yeah. <laughs> huge, huge is not always the right size, right, apparently. Right. So it, It's whatever works for you. But, so I want to ask you a question. So, we talked about this about uh, before the show started that, you know, it's Maybe it's a misconception for a lot of people, and they, they don't view it this way, that the, Bob Iger's true client is the shareholder. Yeah, the, the, the owners of the company. Are yeah, the not client. the people that show up at Disneyland, not the people that are subscribing to ESPN+. Plus. Those are the people who buy the product, who service the shareholder, though. Right. And this is a very, very confusing thing for most people when they buy a stock. When you buy stock in a company, there's a reason why you can go to the annual shareholder meeting. There's a reason why you get proxy information. There's a reason why you have this access to the information that you do. It's because you are an owner of that company. Right. And as an owner of that company, you have rights. Exactly. Those rights are spelled out by the bylaws of the company that you actually buy into. Mm -hmm. That's exactly how all these things happen. And the more you get into how complicated and complex this is and how it actually works, the Mm -hmm. more you realize you as a shareholder are a very powerful individual. Right. And the more shares you own, the more powerful you are. It's that simple. But to think that we, as people who consume the product, mm-hmm. are truly the client, they're trying to get as many of us as they can. Right. But they're trying to get as many of us as they can to pay the shareholder in the form of building value. Right. The stock that they own. Exactly. All the stock market, all the stock prices really are is pro forma cash flow projection. Right. How valuable do you think this stock is based on its cash flow? Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. If you think this company is going to make more money next year, value goes up. If this company is going to make less money next year, value goes down. Or has the uh, company mm-hmm. taken you know necessary steps to ensure the fact that they're going to right. be well taken care of? Property, I mean, value goes up. Just like uh, what we've seen recently, you know, companies have had layoffs. We we noted Meta not too mm-hmm. long ago. I think on I think that an episode that comes out tomorrow, um, that they downsized or right sized as they called it and their value went up that also had to do with a little bit of a lot of other things the too. comments and the media and everything else yeah exactly from, from but, but, but yeah. you know right sizing your ship also helps but so i want to ask you so Iger comes on he's restructuring mm-hmm. and blaming what bob uh chapic chapic did yeah. you know and that's why he's restructuring Restru- is restructuring always done after something bad happens why why do uh executives and management sometimes restructure well, it can be done at several different points for several different reasons. I mean, obviously, it could be about profitability. It could be about new management. New management's a very common one. It could be about difficult times in the financial markets and the economy. Mm-hmm. It could be a lot of different reasons for it. But when you're a first mover, you tend to get dinged a little bit. But when the rest of the market, like we've already seen, like so many of these tech companies, so many of these real estate companies, so many of these finance companies have already done it. Yeah. For Bob Iker, he gets a double win. It's economic driven. Yes. It's also he's a new CEO. Mm-hmm. so he's not going to get a ding in a stock if anything his stock price will go up because of this right no one's thinking oh my god with all the seven thousand people gone will disney be able to do what it's supposed to do and service its client its customers right and improve their well, shareholder he's also, value he's also viewed as a savant and he's got a little bit of cachet based on 
how he ran the company before. So yeah, again, for him, it's a very unique situation, but it's not too different than how even the smallest publicly traded companies operate. But he also did something interesting here too, where he brought back the dividend. Yeah, and that was the next thing I wanted to bring up. You know, I thought that was really interesting because they had stopped it during the pandemic. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't realize that a lot of companies stopped dividends. I didn't realize pandemic. that that's that's what they that's what they did. So a dividend is returning a share of the profits back to your shareholders. So yeah. if I own a share, I'll pay dividends quarterly. Yeah, and it's a way. I, I actually looked into it a little bit too, and I heard somebody online explain this. I thought it was pretty unique. It's a it's it's a way for a company to give you a, a little thank you. You know, thank, it's more. It's much more than that. Yeah, but it's a thank you for holding our shares, and we're doing right by you. You know. And it incentivizes you to, you know, you know, keep their stock. And it's a way for you to build wealth long term. It's not something you you can build wealth. And you can also build passive income off this on a quarterly basis. So if you're not a real estate person, you don't go into real estate mm-hmm. and you want to own stock in strong companies that have high dividends or good dividends. Right. Those dividends get paid back out to you, the shareholder, on a per share basis. Right. Exactly. And usually you can you can kind of compare that to EPS and figure out what your dividend mm-hmm. you know, and stuff like that. There's, I don't want to get too technical on it, but what I'll su- suffice it to say that a company like Disney, if you've h- held the share for long enough, usually through the quarter, yeah. and you're entitled to that dividend, you'll get paid out that dividend per sh- each share that you own. Right. I think, what was theirs? Was it 11 cents or some shit? Or what was it? I don't, I don't, remember I don't know. Was. I don't know. Is it, did they say that or is it a yield? No, it's a, it's usually a the target yield. Uh, Billion. I will find it. We'll have wow. the intern find it if he, if he can. But yeah, just type in dividend. I, I try to dividend. buy, I try to buy stocks less on dividends and more on my, my kind of perspective of long-term performance. Yes. So I love stocks like Disney. We, my wife and I obviously go to Disney. I like stocks like Tesla because I believe in the product long-term. I was not an early adopter to Tesla because I wasn't a behavioral economics buyer, but there's certainly, I, I like big companies that I think are in it for the long term. Mm-hmm. I've never really been what was formerly known as the Fang stock. So Facebook, uh, Alphabet, um, Amazon, right. Netflix, and Google. Like I was never really into those per se. I do have a little bit of them, but most of my portfolio are companies that I actively use and believe in. Yeah, I probably should have bought more Netflix, but I have a ton of Apple. I bought Apple before the previous two splits. And what I just about Tesla? Like, I do have Tesla, yeah. yeah. I, I, if you were listening to me when I literally just covered yeah. the stock where I just said Tesla, I yeah. said I didn't buy early because behavioral economics, okay. you were okay. too busy looking. Oh, so yeah, do you pay attention to the, the, inter- the show? intern pulled it up. Disney's last dividend payment to shareholders was 88 cents in December of 2019. That's an incredibly big dividend. Yeah. So you generally won't get higher than 50. I mean, 50% of your di- your EPS is, is incredibly high. Mm-hmm. I would say 30% is probably somewhere in like the normal-ish range. Right. But it can vary greatly depending on on the company, the business, the sector, all that stuff. But and usually paid out on a per quarter basis. Quarterly basis. Yeah. And it is a, a beautiful way if, if you want to buy a, a good... If they pay that much while you held the Disney stock and you had a million dollars in stock, that, that's a good amount of money. Yeah. I mean, a million dollars in stock. Jesus Christ. I mean, no. <laughs> we'll do this. <laughs> I'm not going to. I wasn't. Don't gonna alienate yourself. I wasn't. You were going to. I don't have you a million dollars. Like I, you wanted to. No, I was going to. I was going to say you have a million dollars. Why are you going to make it all beam, bro? It's something <laughs> personal. Attacking people. Well, so to kind of pivot a little bit here, it wasn't just Disney who did the layoff thing. Mm-hmm. Zoom, according to a CNBC article, has now laid off uh, 1,300 employees or about 15% of their workforce. I wonder why. 
<laughs> Jesus, what's wrong with you? You're like a sadist tonight. I wonder why. I mean, people had to start coming back into the office. They're like, oh, you don't got to be on Zoom no more. Well, and if you do recall, Zoom also had a huge bump during the pandemic because mm -hmm. so many people were using it. Right. And now with people come back in the office. Zoom announced Tuesday they plan to cut 1,300 workers, 1,500, 15% of the workforce. According to a blog post shared by the company's website, I thought that was the strangest way to announce that. Yeah. Can you imagine like going in the blog post like, oh, our company's doing what? Yeah. Marketing guy got way ahead of himself. Yeah. <laughs> CEO Eric Wan spelled Y-U-A-N, now H-1, not J-U-A-N. It's like the Chinese one. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> there you no. go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Eric Wan. Uh, wrote in the blog post that as the whole world continues to adjust to life after the pandemic, to Saeed's point, the company needs to adapt to the, quote, uncertainty of the global economy. And I thought that was so smart. Right. This is a global economic problem. And for somebody like Zoom, which is essentially a worldwide platform, mm -hmm. I, I think that that that's a, that's a significant statement. It's, it is, and something worth noting that I think he should get some kudos for because this is the first time I've I've seen this. The CEO is planning to reduce his salary by ninety eight percent. I looked it up; he's making yeah. like a little bit over three hundred grand, so it, it shakes out to like six grand or something like that that he's well, going to pay his salary though, but but also bonus. He's foregoing his bonus. Okay, yeah, I, I knew where you're going with that. Yeah, I'll so get, that I mean that's commendable. I but mean, how much did he make last year? Uh, his salary was three hundred grand. How I don't much? know. I didn't. Look, I didn't look it up. What, the last two or three years. Arun, can you look up and see how much uh, Zoom CEO made in total comp in 2022? Total comp is it usually like 100 percent of their bonus? Oh, it, it's usually much more than that for these guys. So here we go. Juan, Juan uh, the founder of the San Jose, California-based company, said his base salary, which was 301,731 last year, will be cut 98 percent. Corporate bonus for the current fiscal year. His total compensation for the fiscal year 2022 was 1.1 million. Okay, wow. So actually, not that high. For a company that big, yeah. Well, for a company that widely, you know. Yeah. I mean, just. I'm feeling pretty good about myself at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, hey, brother, what's up? <laughs> wow, Jesus. Yeah. Well, wait, he has a net worth of $4.1 There you go. There it is, kids. So he don't need it. Yeah, there it is. For, according to Forbes, their prior Securities Exchange Commission uh, filing from 2019. Yeah. yeah, so. I wonder what that's going to be after Q2, yeah. though. He's got a billion, four-point-something billion-dollar net worth. That's why he doesn't need the salary. He could sell some stock and get so by. So good for him. Good for him, right? So I yeah, mean, but this is the right thing to do. But it's easy to say. It's easy to do. So most CEOs aren't aren't billionaires. True. Okay. So for someone like him to say that, it, oh, I'm taking it. It sounds like amazing. It's the right thing to do. But it's a whole hell of a lot easier mm -hmm. because the people working for him have helped build a net worth for him. Wow, look at the intern working overtime right what, now. What is this? What is this? Go to the top so I can read the header. These seven CEOs and major corporations from Apple to Zoom are taking pay cuts amid an economic slowdown. Yeah, okay, Apple, billionaire. Come on, Tim Cook, he okay. has made an ungodly amount of money. He's making more money than LeBron Braun is. He didn't have to. I know, come on, look, Apple Tim Cook CEO is taking a 40% pay cut in 2023, bringing hey. his annual target salary to $49 million the, for bet, the year. I bet you the I'm CFO, sorry, you're I making you, $49 million this year. I bet, you, I, bet you, I bet you the CFO didn't take a pay cut. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Intel, Pat uh, Gelsinger? Gel, mm -hmm. Gelsinger? Uh, February, blah, 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 would take 25% pay reduction this year. Part of an effort to cut costs of the company, Gelsinger will be joined by other top executives at the company who will also be seeing salary cuts in the range from 5 to 15%. Mm. Goldman Sachs, David Solomon. 
David Solomon has no trouble with money. I met him before. Great guy. 30% pay cut in 2022. Bring, oh, oh, go back up. Going, uh, bringing his salary to $25 million. Oh, David. Listen, don't do that. Uh, don't be that guy. Only $25 don't, million. Don't, don't be that guy. How are you going to get your PJ off the ground now? <laughs> David Solomon. Morgan Stanley James Gorman also saw a 10% pay cut in 2022, taking home a total... Of $31.5 million. Aww. Yeah. $31.5 million. Aww. <laughs> Sundar Pichai over at Google, which I always thought he had like a, he's an interesting jawline. Um, <laughs> Google, because he does. Like he always had like this, like it's almost like he's emaciated. Mm. Uh, told employees in January that top executives will take a very significant reduction in their annual bonus, but didn't specify how much. Right. His remarks came shortly after the company announced it's laying off 6% of its staffers and estimated 12,000 employees in a memo, but no dollar mm-hmm. amount. Well, they don't say the dollar amount. It's not significant. Right. Yeah. I mean, so look, shout out to the guy, you know, Zoom. Kudos to him, uh, for Yuan, for doing his thing. But honestly, you're a billionaire. I am not that impressed by you saying that. I mean, you didn't have to. He look, he owns clearly look, a majority of stock on. at the company. But, he but, gets an economic benefit for the company doing yeah, well. Co- yeah, that is true. So if that is true. Like, but if he like doesn't, me, but if he doesn't, if he doesn't take a pay cut of ninety eight percent, maybe they go from reducing fifteen percent of the workforce to twenty percent of the workforce. Yeah, no, he saved jobs. Fine, I'll yeah. give him that. Can you give him that? He saved some I'll jobs, but he did lay off fifteen percent of the workforce. Wow. I'm just saying. I'm not doing this with you. You know what? You don't have to. Yeah. Because I'm doing it with you. Yeah. <laughs> okay? Oh, boy. So, Yahoo, at the same time, and ironically, they were not on the list of CEOs giving up money, to lay, <laughs> to lay off more than 20% of their staff. That's a lot. That's a laugh. It's a laugh. A laugh. Oh, I'm a terrible uh, person. That, that was a Freudian slip, too. I didn't even. <laughs> That's a laugh. I am a terrible human being. Yahoo said Thursday it plans, this is obviously from Yahoo Finance, mm-hmm. it plans to lay off more than 20% of its total workforce as part of a major restructuring of its ad tech division. The cuts will impact nearly 50% of Yahoo's ad tech employees by the end of the year, including 1,000 employees this week, the company yeah, said. Yeah, you got to think, right? If if Meta had to cut as many employees as they did due to the same reasons, right? Yahoo's no different. I truly believe that Yahoo, Google, Bing, all these traditional search engines are going to be significantly disrupted by AI. Oh, yeah. And I'll put it to you like this. In a context, I don't think anybody's heard, I've heard anybody use it yet. So if you think about the way you search and your search history comes up. Yeah. You, you'll say things in front of your iPhone and then ads will come up on stuff like Instagram. Right? Happens all the time. That is kind of a passive way of saying... Saeed is interested in this. I'm going to show him more of this. Right. Right. Arun is interested in this. I'm going to show him more of this. Right. But where it gets really scary is, is when AI says, Sarah's interested in this, this, and this. And I know Sarah does this, this, and this, and goes these places, this, this, and this. Then the algorithm kicks in. At this time, time, time. Right. At this time and this time, I know that Sarah's going to want this product more than that product because here's why. And this is what I'm going to show her. Oh, yeah. I know. Like, okay. Sarah normally goes to the gym at this time, mm-hmm. right? She left 10 minutes early. Why don't I recommend that she also stop and get this on the way? Yeah, that's where AI gets really dangerous. And that's where using a search engine mm-hmm. can become really, really scary. Right. So when they start incorporating that, it, the targeted ad, the ad data will get to know you so well because mm-hmm. it's the search engine, your, your yeah, IP. And your behaviors. And right. your behaviors. 
that between that and the information that you have on things like TikTok and your phone in general, right? They are building literal profiles of what we like as people, mm-hmm. and that's where I'm. I'm like, yo, we're crossing lines, man. This gets, I know. See, and this is where people are like, oh, TikTok, not a big deal. They have access to all the things that you like. Right. That, and in your case, like all the basketball and weird porn, like I, they know you like that. What? What's that? The basketball stuff that you watch. The, the basketball. Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. 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 No, but that's why I never understood the argument where people say, I have nothing to hide. I don't care if they, you know, go through my phone or they have access to the data on my phone. I, who cares? I, no, you don't understand. This is going to have a material impact on your life. I'm I'm a, I'm a, a guilty pleasure to you recently. A guilty pleasure? And I don't I don't want this to ever go beyond you and me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I I don't know why recently, but I've been watching like weird Family Guy clips that are completely inappropriate and oh. laughing. Oh yeah. That this was actually on the air at some point in time, and it was totally cool. Is 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 it off the air now? No, no, it's still on the air, but I don't think they're as like compellingly offensive as they once were. I mean, but see, some of their stuff is just borderline like that goes wrong. But that goes back to our whole discussion about this, right? These are comedians who are writing writing these jokes for the show. So long as they make fun of every single group, then it's okay. Because they're making fun of all the groups. It's inclusive. Do you really think... Like, South Park's still in the air too, right? Yeah, they turn that show around like... I mean, it's like up to date. It's current. Yeah, There's like a whole documentary on it. You probably watched that, haven't no, you? No, I didn't. I was never a huge South Park guy. We were too poor for HBO. I, stop, why? Yeah. What do you mean too poor? It's not on HBO, was it? It was, it was, it was Yeah. Yeah. It was on free television. What's wrong no, with you? No, it wasn't. Not no, for the it was longest on time. Cable. For the longest time. Wasn't it on HBO? No. It's never been on HBO. My parents lied to me. They said, we can't get that. You can't watch that, son. What kind of weird <laughs> story are you spinning right now? Is this what happens when you get trapped in a lie on, on the show? <laughs> no, I really thought it was on going out more lies? I really thought I really thought South Park was on HBO. No, oh, it's like on it's like TBS or some random ass. TBS? Like, it's, definitely, it's definitely not on TBS. It's, it's on some random ass. Just type in South Park Network. What, when, whenever South get South Park, Park on. Network. Comedy Central is on. Now. What? HBO Max. It used to be on HBO. Okay. Yeah. You no, can, but the stuff that agree, came yeah. out on HBO is on there. Type in South Park HBO. You're not that young, dude. Mm-hmm. When you were in high school, this was on like Comedy Central. Yeah. Late at night. Maybe it was past your bedtime, baby years. Right. Yeah. South, South Park moving from HBO to Paramount. There you go. Bruh. Anyways. I can't believe I co-host a show with you. <laughs> Sometimes you're, it's embarrassing. You're welcome. This is very embarrassing. Well, but you don't you didn't even watch the show. Why why are you so offended? No, I did a little bit here and there. I watched a couple episodes. I mean, I wasn't like religious or anything like that about it. I mean, but I, you know, I watched a couple episodes. What were you religious about? Ah, oh, man, back then? Yeah. Just being sexy, man. All the time. All the time. Like my sexy was always on. Really? I never hit that switch. Never. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Man, well, if, I could, if so, I could take selfies back then, yeah. I'd have them all over what, my wall. What right were now. the Ten Commandments? Ten Commandments, let's see. Uh, moisturize. <laughs> well, I got the moisture. Got to moisturize. Stay moist. Stay moist at all times. All times. Yeah. Let's uh-huh. see. Uh, workout. Workout. You did. Yeah. You used to do that. You used to do. I that. used to do that a lot. Right. And, but I didn't do it efficiently. I do it now much more efficiently. <laughs> do you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This um, this is efficient. Fit okay. was always one of the commandments. You're fit. You got to be dressed well, man. Really? You got to be dressed well. well. Obviously, I don't know what the hell I'm doing now. I know, now. I know. I remember. You used to shop at like Anchor Blue and stuff. I remember that. Yeah. That, oh, God. Wow. <laughs> Talk about a throwback. Anchor Blue. <laughs> Holy shit. That, that's for the throwback listeners. I don't know that I've ever actually shopped there. Come on, man. Uh, don't do this. Did I have the Anchor Blue t-shirts? Yeah. Yeah, you did. You used to wear the ones with like the, the graffiti on them. No. no I've, that, se- I've seen your photos. Those are Hollister, bro. Those are worse. <laughs> 
Hollister. <laughs> Those are Hollister. You used to do the thing too, right? Where you would tuck in a portion of your shirt like under the belt. I did do that. that yeah. That, I did do that. That's, yeah, yeah. that's very lame of you. That's not very lame. Yeah, what, were we, what were we trying to do exactly? Bobby Brown. Yeah, look at my Led belt. Way. I want you to show Bobby huh? Brown. <laughs> yeah. Come oh on now. Oh my God. It was like the boys to men era. I mean, yeah. it was just to show everybody. Just, you know to show, was. just to show everybody you rock a white belt. I did do that at one point. I know you did. Look, I, I, I know you so I well. I, I know I, I know this wanna... person so well. <laughs> I'm glad that person's dead. <laughs> Maybe we should go off to the talking shit about housing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> yeah, because this is not a good trip down memory lane. Yeah. So according to Yahoo Finance, since we just left Yahoo, we stayed on the page because we're lazy whenever we do our show research. Mm-hmm. The economist who predicted a 2008 housing crash says home prices will drop by 15% in 2023. Sounds oddly familiar. This on the heels of yet another argument I had on social media where everybody told me I was insane and that home values haven't gone down and the Fed has increased interest rates and nah, 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 you're wrong, you know what you're talking about. And yeah. ironically, all of them are realtors. Yeah. No disrespect to all the realtors out there, but some of you guys suck. Yeah. That being said, I'm going to say this for those who are listening to the show, you might be new. The pain of this recessionary economy will not be felt in the raising interest rates. It'll be felt in the holding of interest rates. That's that's the only rhetoric you'll hear after when they start holding. When is the Fed going to release? That's yes. going to be the, that's going to be the topic of discussion literally every single night. Yep. Yeah. And unfortunately, people have to feel a lot of pain. Uh, the economist on this goes on to say that in order to restore the price to income ratios, there needs to be a drop by 15 to 20%, right? So right now we know wages aren't keeping up with inflation. And as people continue to get laid off, you know, those wages will start to come down as well. So to keep that in line, that price to income ratio values will need to come down. He also goes on in the same article to say mortgage rates have fallen by 93 basis points since late October and demand looks to be rebounding modestly after collapsing last year. Uh, And then he goes on, it's quote, 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 blah, 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 blah. To be clear, any rebound in sales from here will be small monthly payments for a new buyer of an existing home have fallen, but we're still up 54% year over year in December, Mm -hmm. which goes back to the short but powerful statement that we have reiterated on many a show that demand without affordability is not demand. Is not demand. So I got an example for you that I I ran some numbers on for the listeners. I'm so glad you we've done this. I know know we've done this before. But I feel like it's good because we have gained two listeners since the last time. To put things into perspective for people, in January of 2022, if you know someone that bought a home for $400,000, right? Mm -hmm. The interest rate back then was three and a quarter, okay? That payment with 20% down would be $1,400 a month, okay? Mm -hmm. In December of 2022, values went up 7% since January, okay? Take that into account. That same home is now worth $428,000, okay? But at that, at that interest rate, at 6.45%, your new payment is $2,150. That's the difference of $750 a month. Not affordable, right? People can't afford that house. Had interest rates not gone up, that payment would only be uh, let's see, fourteen ninety a month, only a difference of ninety bucks. Yeah, that's the difference for you right there. It's huge, and I, I don't think a lot of people understand the impact that rates have. But what I'll say is, is the whole National Association of Realtor, the Mortgage Bankers Association rhetoric that you know affordability is really interest rates. Mm-hmm. It's not home values. 
is incredibly deceptive because somebody who's a mortgage banker and I love the mortgage industry. We have a lot of people who work with us and I've been in that business and you know, my dad's in that business and my brother's in the business. You drive commissions off the, the maximum loan value you can achieve. The higher the value of the home, the more loan amount you can generally get. Right. For a realtor, you drive your commission off the sale price. The higher the home value, the higher your sale price. Yes. So for both of them, they have an economic interest in, hey, rates should go down to solve this problem, not home values. Yes. And that is why you consistently see this rhetoric online talking about home values can't come down. There's a shortage of supply. Mm -hmm. Blah, 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 blah. Rates need to come down. And when they do, the market will pick back up. And it's like, dude, like there's still an affordability issue here. Right. And rates should not, in theory, ever in the foreseeable future, mm -hmm. go back down to anywhere near where we've been for the last several years. Exactly. I completely agree. Because look, if the Fed is trying to fight inflation, right? And I actually had this uh, example ran down. That if the Fed's trying to fight inflation and they're just now starting to get this thing underway, okay? And let's just say they turn the switch back on and they drop the rates again. And now people can go back to getting 2%, 3% rates. Right? Catastrophic for the market. Catastrophic. What do you think would happen to inflation then? The example would be, imagine if you put your kid on a timeout for one minute for jumping on the couch. Only a minute. And then you take them off, off the timeout after a minute. What do you think he's going to do? That wasn't long enough for him to realize he did anything wrong. He's going to go right back to jumping on the couch again. Got to put him on timeout for much longer. That's what Jerome Powell's doing. He's putting all y'all on timeout. Uh, wow. <laughs> you're, you're that's impressed. a good example, but it's very off-putting. <laughs> I've got mixed emotions about timeouts. Do you? I'm not a corporal punishment guy. Like, I don't think you should slap anybody, hit anybody. But at the same time, I feel like a timeout sometimes. Like, some of these kids are smart. They're like, all right, put me in timeout. Look at the wall. So what? Really? Yeah, I mean, some of these, I mean, when they're young, you know, okay, timeout. So I heard that you're what you're supposed to do is for every year they get older, you increase the timeout by one minute. See, I, I, don't, I also don't think, like, I think you should make a kid, like, do something like some kind of like manual labor they don't want to do. <laughs> like go, labor? go clean your room. You know what I mean? Like like you you yeah. you know, go hey, pick go scrub up the this. walls. Not yeah. not scrub the walls. Don't you go use your toothbrush <laughs> and fix the toilet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, no, I'm yeah. not like that. Go I'm lay saying, down like, some tile in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fix the stove. Damn it. Yeah. I mean, no, I'm just yeah. saying like, but they, there should be like a, a sweat equity like buying because I feel like sitting in a chair looking at a wall. Right. I mean, is that really punishment? No, 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 no. It's not like a solitary confinement where you lock them in a room. Well, and you're talking about, we're talking about like three and four-year-olds. What are you going to have them do? What kind of sweat equity are you going to have them do? If you were jumping on the couch, clean the couch, put the pillows back. Like, you know. You like, know what I used to do? I used to put them, I used to put uh, Adam on a timeout. And then I'd be like, all right, you're done. He doesn't just get to get up and go. No, no, no. We got to have a conversation about this. And he just has to tell me everything that he thinks that he did wrong. I'm having a, a problem with my son right now. I'm trying to have these conversations with him where I try to have like stern conversations. Yeah. He keeps trying to punk me in the middle of it. Really? Yeah, he doesn't want to have it. Their kids are so smart, man. They know. When I talk to Adam, like in this like like fake dad talk, we're like, come on, son. You know, you know what you're doing is he's like, he sees right through that That's bullshit. That's the way you sound on the show. Yeah. <laughs> he sees right through that bullshit. When I talk to him like this, Adam, what are you doing? He'll be like, oh, okay. If I literally like like give my my son the angry like look, he'll he'll stop. Yeah. But like normally when I'm in the house, like I have to come home and be like, hey son, like how was your day? I like to ask him every single time I see him the, at the end of the day, mm -hmm. how was your day? What did you do? He's gotten to the point now where he like big leagues me. What does he do? I'll so go, go, Ma, I go, Mama, 
tell daddy what I did today. And they go back to watching his iPad. <laughs> yeah. Like, what, hey, what the shit? Kid, what the hey, he's already, de- he's delegating. Kid, hey, he's born, born for greatness. Mom, tell him, tell him what I did today. Yeah. And then I'll be like, son, what did you do? Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and then just look at his iPad. I mean, he'll literally, bigly, he'll punk me, man. Uh, it's at a point now I'm, 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 I'm liable to like take his iPad and just, I don't know, yeah. crack it. Just <laughs> crack it. You have to buy another I one. I want you to look at that crack and remember that's what you get. Yeah, you deserve that. You earn that crack. That crack will be there until you learn <laughs> to respect me. All right. So the difference in God, buy a new one. The, the difference in the affordability crisis this time around from you know the Great Recession was last time prices, although affordability was was really bad, prices were coming down fairly quickly, right? Christopher, who's reading the article? I know I'm. I'm actually looking at. I didn't realize this in the article until just now. As Fox Business reported, housing prices rose by two percent year over year. Mm-hmm. In December of 2022, to a median price of 372,700 for an existing home. I think that's even more than that, but I'll mm-hmm. have to double check those facts. December was the 11th month in a row that saw home sales decrease, and yet, according to the National Association of Realtors, it was the 130th consecutive month over year over year price increases. Why would the National Association of Realtors want to say that? Right. Because they want their association of realtors to be happy that home prices are still going up. Right. It's just another way to prove that you can always skew the the facts. It's such disinformation. Right. It's like being on the Titanic and it's going down and like, this is literally what they're saying. We're still floating on a boat, guys. Right. The boat's going down. It's taking all water. It's sinking. And they're going, we are on a boat. Yeah. We've been on a boat for several weeks. We are still on the boat and the boat is above water. Right. It's true. That's true. It's true. Until you die. <laughs> exactly. Like many realtors' careers will do in the next couple months. And the and the other issue that we're all facing right now in this real estate market, look, sellers are not that inclined to sell, right? So they're more likely, as in sellers, are more likely to hold on to their list prices and not bring them down because they're not forced to. They have an awesome rate, probably somewhere with a two-handle or a three-handle. Right. So they're if if they can't sell their house at their list price or or slightly below it, they're just gonna take it off the market. So I heard a really interesting art thought on this. It, it wasn't from an article, it was just a conversation that overheard where somebody who was trying to advocate for the fact that home prices won't go down was like, Look, man, people aren't gonna sell low. Mm-hmm. They're gonna hold on to the house, they're gonna take it off the market, effectively what you just said. And they're just not gonna sell. And I'm like, so your theory is is the market just going to come to a dead stop mm. and no one's going to sell because they don't want to take a loss in, in value? Yeah, yeah, man, that's it. That's it. They don't have to sell. They have low mortgage payments. Yeah. And I said, okay, so when these people who work in two jobs now have one. Yes. In turn. When these, uh, these people who were had all this extra consumer discretionary spending don't have that consumer discretionary spending capabilities. Right. When these people who bought big ass homes because they were going to work from home and they have to go back to the office now. Yeah. Friends and company included. Mm-hmm. Palazzos. <laughs> Palazzos. To, to these people who are on commission based jobs. Yeah. None of these people are ever going to sell because they just don't, they don't have to come. That's so short sighted. Mm-hmm. You think in, in, the, in the Great Recession, people wanted to sell? No, they couldn't afford the homes anymore, man. Right. They're like, oh, that's because their mortgage payments flew to the roof. Okay. If our people don't have mortgage payments flying to the roof, they have wages dropping to the floor. Right. Either way, it's the same impact. Mm-hmm. You can't afford it. 
Right. And that's why people sell. And it, I don't care how low your mortgage rate yeah. is. You know, e- eventually this is this is the downward pressure on on the home prices. Right. There's there's three key main factors. Right. Ooh, I love it when you talk hairy finger. You, you like to me. you like it. You yeah. like it. OK. Yeah. So inflation, a slower economy and interest rates. OK. When inflation is up. Right. You got you got to imagine people's credit when interest rates go up, credit card bills go up. Right. Groceries go up. People can't afford it. We already talked about it. Two out of every three people can't afford a $400 emergency expense. It's crazy. Crazy, right? But so they're not going to lose their homes, everybody, because they're just not going to sell them. Right. And then not going to sell them. With the slower economy, dude, forget, we won't even touch the layoffs, okay? People are no longer aren't getting their promotions. People aren't getting their annual increases. We've heard some companies are just taking away the, their employees' bonuses. People, people spend those things before they get them. They're already relying on that income. Yeah. So, I mean, th- so once these things really start to take into effect, like we mentioned, Q2 of 2023, that's when I think you'll start to see, you know, the downward trend in the real estate market. Yeah. I mean, I think we're already seeing it, frankly. I, I think, I mean, obviously, you know, real estate values are a lacking indicator. I think we're already seeing it. I, mm-hmm. there's, there's been enough articles out now to where you can see the tide is turning and people are very, there, there's certainly a much, quicker cadence of articles coming out now talking about home product. I'm not, I'm not even looking for these articles. They're just coming up now. Yeah. Of, of, of values going down. Salt Lake City, California, Arizona, San Diego in particular in California, San Jose in California. I mean, major metropolitan areas are already going down in value. There's, it's unequivocal. Now, the West Coast has certainly been hit a lot harder than the East Coast has, and it's slowly creeping into the Midwest. But I think Q2, yeah, I think you start to see mainstream exception, you know, adoption of this idea mm-hmm. that this is happening. And you couple that with what we talked about earlier on the show with the March Fed interest rate hike, the May Fed interest rate hike. And mm-hmm. if there's a June Fed interest rate hike, dude, forget, forget it. about it. Yeah, forget it's, about it's it. Bad. Done. Yeah. Game over. Forget about it. Yeah, fucking forget about it. See, how can you can do that, that accent and I can't do like what? the other one? What do you mean? What accent? You that's just, that's who I am. Italian. You're not Italian. No, no, no. no. That's, that's just, you can't do that, bro. We bleep, we're gonna bleep that out. No. We're gonna bleep that out on the show so nobody hears you do it. Because this is the that's part just, I don't understand. That's like, just how I identified in that moment. I know. That's how you. It's <laughs> because you have an olive complexion. You can do it <laughs> exactly. It's just it's yeah. totally inappropriate. No, I have I have some Italian in my blood. <laughs> oh, there's so many jokes. I'm I'm gonna be the bigger person here. I'm not gonna yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah, it's the salami. So I I told you before the show started that I recognized that tomorrow's a big day for me. You did, and I had totally forgotten. And it was my wife this morning at like 7.30 before she left the house for the doctor visit. Okay. Where she reminded me that tomorrow was a big day and that I shouldn't, I shouldn't forget. So my, my laser appointment oh. to get all the junk done. <laughs> oh my God. It's tomorrow. It's, it's t- tomorrow? It's tomorrow. And have, you ment- you, have you mentally prepared for this? No. I, I, there's, there, is, there is no mentally preparing for what I have to do. I keep visualizing myself on, on a table. It's, it's not just one session, right? No, it's multiple sessions. I know. So this I, is just the first one. I hope that the, the, <laughs> that the first one is not super awkward to where I have to, it's going to be. Like, do I talk to somebody while no, they're lasering all yeah, that? You, ha- you have to look them in their eyes. No, no, no. I think, I think I'm going to be face down, right? Because <laughs> they got to like open things up and like laser there, right? <laughs> yeah. They should have, they, they need to have an assistant sit in front of you and talk to you while it's going on. Like, oh, someone like hold my hand like a trauma nurse? Uh, 100%. Like, yeah, yeah, like talk to me. Like you need a midwife. It's okay. You need a midwife. And like, I'm sure the tissue around, you know, yeah. your what? anus, 
is very is sensitive sensitive to lasers right yes. like that's gonna hurt yeah i wouldn't and then, know and then afterward like know. can you just sit down dude like is there like a pamphlet or some shit that i should be reading what time is this so i can make sure i'm to not doing that with you i need I'm to, not, I need, it's, it's like after 6 p.m i need to facetime you and you need to answer i don't need to see everything i just want to see your face while it's happening so i've gone out of my way just just for full disclosure i had to call hugo today and bob and I said to both of them, why now are you recording the show? Yeah, yeah. This is Put the- your phone down. <laughs> I, had, I had to record. Behind the scenes. Yeah, behind the scenes. This is not the, this is not the one. Yeah. I called Bob and Hugo today and I said, look, I'm going to talk to you about this now because I don't want this to come out later on and think that I hid it from you. Right. I'm going to tell you straight up now, in advance, this is what I'm doing. Okay. And I want you to know. <laughs> see, you're really good I'm, about this. I want you to know I'm giving it to you so yeah. you can't make fun of me see, later on. I know. I see, I see what you're doing. Yeah. You're trying to you're trying to Eminem 8 Mile, everybody. I'm softening I'm, the I'm, blow. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm letting. I'm giving you all the information yes. so you can't use it against me. I'm telling you that straight up it. what I'm going to do. Yeah. Okay? okay? And I'm doing this for health reasons, not that, for beauty. That's not okay? health. Don't do this. It is it's health. A, what health reasons? I've got a perfect what? example. Give me one. I came prepared because I knew you were going to be super, super naive and, and ask this kind of question. Really? And I want you to know how impactful this is to people's lives are you trying to protect your sweat glands no okay not mine i want you to know other similarly situated people have had to deal with not health your... issues okay and this solved those health issues okay <laughs> you can't even you lasering your anus and your buttocks <laughs> is a health situation okay is it a true story is i it, go to well, dinner this is the pitch this was the pitch that they gave you no no this this is unknown to me okay it's completely it was unknown, unknown to me. So, i didn't know okay so then tell me why did you i didn't want to know do it in the first place i just well i did it in the first i want to do it in the first place okay you want to know the guy's honest truth yeah obviously I'll tell you, I, i'm gonna give this to you again okay okay all right so the first time i i, I went and got lasered in my legs everything else my, my back my mm. arms everything right testosterone replacement therapy changed your hormone levels like women who get laser hair removal it'll you know it'll tend, tend to grow back their, oh. their hair but men generally don't have it grow back because they don't have changes in their hormone levels. Got it. Well, I went through male menopause for a little bit, and got my testosterone levels normalized again. And, you know, I, right. I noticed that some of the hair was growing back. So I was going to go back in for a touch-up. Right. And my wife happened to comment like, hey, you kind of been unhappy with the fact that I, I stopped at the top of my leg. So basically, I have like a hairy pelvis. <laughs> like pelvis. <laughs> yeah. You just wear you know, just like, it looks like you're wearing underwear. It looks all like time. It's just not normal. It's like your legs are hairless, your back's hairless, and you got a fuzzy ass. It, just doesn't, it doesn't look normal. Yeah, it's like it's like you start off getting like a half sleeve, you not you start you got to work your way up to a full you, sleeve. You got to get it done. You got right? yeah. Like at that gotta, point, it just looks awkward. So my wife's like, you always been somewhat bothered by. It. You should just get this done now. So that was my original intent. That's how she sold you on it. You know, she said it's. She convinced you. She, she planted the seed. This has bothered you. When said, really it bothered her. She's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> she's like, she didn't like the static electricity yeah. in, the, in the region. But she was like, look. She, you got, she got tired of, you know, getting rid of the knots in the hair. Yeah. <laughs> Babe, I got another ingrown. Can you help me out? Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> it's, but she literally said to me, she's like, look, it's called the bikini. And I'm like, I don't wear bikinis. Yeah. And then she's like, no, no. But the whole region, she's like, I'll have it taken care of. And that was it. My wife, God bless her. She went and did it. Right, she got scheduled on the books and everything else, and it was so far out that I didn't even think about it. So I'm trying to believe, do this. I can't believe you're going through with this. I, I'm going to do it. Tomorrow's the day. It's the end of the day. It's 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 the end of the day, and I'm yeah. and I hope you text message me in the middle of it because I will send you a photo. I'll send you a selfie. Yeah. Yeah. Ass yeah. up. Laser <laughs> hair removal. I'll send you. I gotta a selfie. See, I gotta see. So it. the worst part about this was is I go to dinner with my brother and his fiance uh-huh. uh, Friday last week, and my wife's from my, just before they get there. My wife and I get there first. She reminds me the appointment's coming up in a week. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, God damn it. I got to do the responsible thing and tell my brother so he can't make fun of me. Uh, so this is the responsible <laughs> Yeah, I got to do the responsible Because I, I know if I give you guys, if I, if I don't tell you guys this stuff and you find out anecdotally 
oh, it's game over. It's over. Yeah. yeah. It's just there's there's no world there's no where I'm back ever from, live that there, you, yeah you're no coming back from that. So I'm telling my brother and he goes oh that's crazy, and he's I'm like wait a minute he's way too accepting of this. Oh because he, he did it he just did it he did it first session or all the way through first session just did it. What did he say? He said yeah man they spread it wide open they go right they up, spread all it? up in there oh, he's they like yeah it's like he's like she literally pulled my cheek to the side and all was all up in the cracks. The crevices. Well, they're gonna have to have two people spreading your cheeks. That's Stop a lot. It. I'm that's not a lot like of cheek, you, dude. I'm not. That's I'm a not, lot of cheek. I'm not rotund. Yeah, no. I'm not a pear. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, figure eight. You got. You don't have cheeks, but you have cakes. <laughs> you got. You're very cakey. But the sad part is, is like, do I go home and shower before I go there? hundred like, percent. Like, what I do you mean? Because I can't. I'm coming a, from LA tomorrow. Bro, do you do you brush your teeth before going to the dentist? I, I totally agree. It's a great analogy, right? But I'm coming from LA. Yeah, so I don't want to have swamp ass they and need, walk in there. They need to have a shower there. No, they, they, don't have they, a shower. they don't have a shower. They're slays hair, but they don't have a shower there. I'm yeah. going to walk in there with swamp ass. I think uh, <laughs> swamp <laughs> ass. <laughs> uh, yeah. Baby wipes next door or something. I don't, I don't yeah. know. It's so weird. No, you got to go home and shower first. You got this. That's the appropriate thing to do, right? Appropriate thing to do, bro. They're going to be in your ass. Do you really want them to skip a section because, like, I can't take this anymore? I, I don't think I can look the person in the face. I just can't do it. You have to. You got to so try. Awkward. You got to try because you know what? They're 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 gonna make fun of you after you leave. Know that they're getting together in a huddle and laughing. They, they're going to. Yeah. And like, what are the logistics? Of so this? at that like, point, you know what I do? If you're gonna laugh about me, okay, I, I got to make it awkward for you now. This Look is so incredibly nerve wracking, man. I can't believe people. And they make you wear this. these stupid glasses, laser. This is like self inflicted. It. It's self inflicted. It, but you know what? It's just this is the problem with society. You are the problem with society. I am right not the problem. You. I am honesty. Yeah. You know honesty. Honesty. You're this doing is, this and you're trying to set a new standard and bar for other men like me that don't want to go through with this. No, no. You had it. You had a cyst on your chest that was caused by an ingrown hair. Did you not? It did. Yeah, no, but that's because I used to shave, trim my, hair, my okay. uh, well, chest if hair. If you didn't have any hair there because you had laser hair removal, that wouldn't be a possibility. Yeah. You wouldn't have to deal with that no. problem. Yeah, no. But then instead, I found a, a, an amazing, beautiful wife that had, loves my chest hair. Okay, there's a lot to unpack there. What? Ingrown hairs still happen on their time, on time and time on their own. It has nothing to do with like you having chest hair or not having chest hair. I mean, it's not growing out anymore. You ever have ingrown hair somewhere else in your body? Uh, no. I mean, I think I yeah, probably right here on my neck under okay. my beard. My Laser hair removal, bro. Go get it on my neck. Yeah, people do that all the time. Oh, that's right. Actually, I do remember a friend back in the day who got his beard outline. Yeah. Oh, that's the bad. Kept idea, that. Though. Kept that. I know. Idea. Yeah, that's I know. It looked. It looked. It left scarring. Yeah, it's a bad idea. Don't, yeah. don't ever do like your like your face. Yeah, some people do that stuff, but yeah, not me. I mean, but just think if they are able to perfect that, how amazing would that be? You never have to do a beard lineup again. Yeah. But you got to stay committed. You got to stay committed to that beard line. I changed the way I look too much. Okay. Yeah, you're very inconsistent. Very inconsistent. I'm Why like, is that? Huh? We, we need to have a therapy session. I'll tell you the truth. I don't feel like I'm attractive. <laughs> wow, that escalated quickly. I'm just telling you what it is. That's not true. No, it's true. When I was a kid, I had a birthmark in the middle of my forehead, like a little Indian, like Hindu dot, but kind of to the left. Really? And I had it surgically removed. You had that? I never, I didn't know that. Yeah, because you wouldn't be my friend if I had one. This is also true. Yeah. So I, um, a lot of people making like Indian jokes when I was a kid, stuff like that, and uh, so I had a little little dot, and you know, I had to remove. But yeah. as a kid, I was made fun of all the time for it. Oh, yeah. See, that's fucked. Up. That's where the scar on my forehead comes from. Oh, so let me tell you this. So Ari and Adam are in basketball practice today. Mm. and um together together but adam's in the older kid class it's two separate courts and aria's in the smaller class right lower rims and all that. you go and duck on one stuff all the time <laughs> no i haven't been going this year because um i'm 
busy at home working. Like allegedly. Yeah. Like like a responsible adult. So how was over there and she is recording and sending it to me. Tell me why there's so Ari is not strong enough to get the ball to the rim. Okay. The teacher's trying to set her up and she shoots it and she airballs it, flat out airballs it, right? And these two twin boys in the video are just laughing hysterically at her. And Arya gets sad, puts her head down, and just like walks away. Aww. Come on, I gotta go. I gotta go in there, right? I gotta have a conversation with these kids. Just gotta suit up and go out there and play them. Yeah, let's play one on one. Dominate them. That's it. Just go full LeBron. Uh, full LeBron. <laughs> yeah, I'm exactly. shooting this rock. Give it yeah. to me. Exactly. I'm a stiff arm him yeah. on the way to the basket. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not above that. I just do my son every once in a while. When he plays a little basketball with Cooper at home. Yeah, do you? Like, look, Daddy, I made the shot. I'm like, you didn't make. You're not gonna make the next one, son. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you won't. No. <laughs> You got a little. There's no participation trophies here. Yeah, you get W's in this household. No, so I'm I'm gonna go the next time, and if they pull that shit again, I'm best believe I'm gonna be like, hey, 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 let's be nice. So me being a hideous as a child led to you being a bully. Well, I'm not a bully. That's what it sounds like. I, I'm a protective father. I feel like that's still feel, a bully. The worst part was the the mom of those two kids was was sitting right there, and was just on her phone, didn't care. She probably didn't see because she was on her phone. Didn't didn't care at all. No, 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 her kids were the only ones laughing hysterically, rolling around on the floor, making it hard for the instructors. Well, maybe she was on chat GPT trying to figure out, you know, what's going on. Right, maybe. All right. Well, I think I've talked to you enough for one day, sir. That's it? That's it. Well, we're going to sit back right now and talk some more after this. You're going to talk to me a lot tomorrow. I'm going to be on FaceTime with you <laughs> while, you're on that, while you're on that table. Hit me up, 6.30 p.m. Done. FaceTime me. Done. You get a full look. I'll respect you so much more if you answer that. I'll say right now, I'll answer. All right. As long as it's not, you know, ding-dings up, I mean, I'll, I'll answer. <laughs> oh, yeah, because TRT, you never know. No, no, I know. Yeah. TRT. No, no, I meant like facing up as opposed to I don't answer the phone that you have a possibility to see. No, it. you said, you just said right now you're going to be on your on your stomach and you're going to be looking forward. I don't know. Maybe they have to get underneath stuff in the front. I don't know how this works. Oh, like, like they flip you over? I have no idea, dude. Like, like you're I'm gonna going to be in one, blind. Oh, like one of those maternity beds where they have your feet on. Yeah, dude, like stirrups? <laughs> like, I don't know, man. Like, I really don't know. And I didn't want to, like, ask my brother and get too far into it because then like, he paints a picture and it's him. It's my brother. It's gross. That's terrible. Yeah, man. so I just was like, oh, cool, cool, I can't cool, believe man. you didn't have more questions for your brother. I just didn't feel like dinner with his fiance. My wife was the right place for that. Yeah. Like, were you in stirrups? You're better than me. Did they go underneath the testicles? Like, how did they get there? Like, I didn't, I didn't ask. Yeah, you're far yeah. better than me. Yeah, I, I couldn't do it. All right. Well, say goodbye, site. Good night, everybody. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation on the Higher Standard Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you are listening to this on. If you like this episode, please write a review and share it with us. You're getting the show up and running right now, so every message, every review, and every note counts. This show exists to showcase what's possible when leaders decide to uphold a higher standard for their businesses, their investments, their families, and most importantly, themselves. If you want to see more of my content, I post daily on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. So be sure to follow me on your favorite social media platform. And with that, it is a wrap. And as always, I look forward to hanging with you all on the next episode.